You know what? I think we, it's been a while since we've spoken directly to our audience. So I kind of want to take this opportunity to welcome our listeners back to the podcast, whether this is your first episode or your 17th, 17th episode. episode. <laughs> um, welcome. We are Katie and Ashley. Um, this is the Coconut Grove podcast. We started this podcast over a mutual love of LA and also just plain curiosity of people science, environments, society, um, especially through the lens of two women, two straight cis white women who live in LA. So although there's more than enough white women out there speaking their opinions, uh, we hope that we can offer a little bit of diversity and explore things from other angles other than what our own eyes can see. So welcome. That's very true. Yes, welcome. Um, I think a big part of the podcast for us is learning, exploring, and learning different perspectives. So Although, yes, we are white, cis women in LA, we hope to use that to connect with other people and learn from other people who come from just different perspectives. So, you know, we like to select guests that bring something new to the table or like we can learn from them. So I hope you guys have been enjoying our guests and enjoying our solo episodes or non-guest episodes. Non-guest, yeah. <laughs> no solo episodes yet, but yeah, so... Yeah, we're, we're really excited to have you guys here. Um, so we're going to be discussing um, shortly after this little catch up, we're going to be discussing the female gaze in this episode, um, which it's going to be a lot kind of like, uh, I'm going to get this expression right this time, we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants. That's Is that one. right? Okay. <laughs> we're going to be flying by the seat of our pants and just kind of chit chatting and having a good chit chat because it's been a while since we've had that. So um, if you want to join this conversation, we implore you to um, hit us up on Instagram. You can hit our collective podcast page at Coconut Grove Pod. Um, you can find the links down below as well. Um, and then individually at Ashley Hansen and at Katie Dessen. Um, let's continue the conversation outside of this one-sided platform. Um, we just love get to, getting to know you, getting to know our listeners, and getting to share interest over these topics. Um, you are also more than welcome to give us ideas. Um, Ashley and I have surprisingly had so many ideas for this podcast, but like in the event that it runs out and we're out of ideas, um, we'd love to pick your brains and hear what you're interested in hearing about, whether or not it's ever been covered. Um, yeah, so that's the little intro spiel. Um, you want to tell us how your week is, Ash? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so my week, my week has basically been spent at the DMV, um, which I'm sure all good Americans can <laughs> empathize with. That scene from Zootopia with the oh smog is literally the most accurate description of the DMV I've ever seen in media. So mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> I feel your pain. It was, yeah, it was. It was. Um, 
But we went there because we have to get our driver's licenses. So we luckily both got our written driver's test passed this week. And so we're both, I guess, have like a learner's permit, California learner's permit. That's so so that's good. So I'm 16 officially. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just so much that has to be done. We have to import our car. I'm very stressed about that because at the moment it is not looking great. Um to have all the documents in time for when our Canadian insurance runs out. So may have dropped the ball on that one, but I guess we'll figure it out. We always do, but it's just been a week of just like incredible stress. It has actually been a really stressful week for me as well. Yours is worse. Yeah, it was definitely pretty intense. Um, We had a cat pass away, a kitten of mine. So that was pretty rough. Um, We had to put her down. She was really ill. Uh, We didn't know until things got really severe. Uh, which was really unfortunate. Uh, We have another kitten at home who is sick, um, but we were able to catch it in time and he is getting treated. So we're hoping for the best. Um, Send your best thoughts my way. You guys don't have to write messages or anything, but just like put good energy out there for me. That would really be appreciated. Um, But also outside of our own lives, I'm hearing a lot of other people struggle right now. There's a lot going on. Seems like it. Everybody's kind of going through something really hard, whatever that looks like in their life. Um, It doesn't look like people are having a good time. So we will reciprocate and put good energy out for you, whether or not you're going through something. Um, Yeah. We hope this episode kind of gives you, takes your brain off of the hard shit maybe you've gone through this week or these past couple of weeks. And you can just kind of vibe with us through this hard time. Totally. I don't know what's going on with March, if it's the stars, but definitely March or at least the last like, let's say like the last three weeks have just been terrible. Yeah. And for a number of reasons, and I'm really ready for April. I'm ready for like the flowers to bloom and the hot weather. And we were talking about Easter, which is a debatable holiday here. Yeah, it's a debatable um, holiday. So I'm just ready for that, like that vibe of like new, like clean, like, like summertime. You know, I know yeah. it's spring, but in LA, spring is summer. I'm just ready for like LA's partial winter to be over I want to see the birds the little birds I'm ready for those parrots to come back like that rebirth you know it's like a rebirth in April, yeah I feel like and I'm ready for that oh me too mm-hmm. the weather has been in the 60s Fahrenheit um but mid so, next week it's so supposed cold. to pick back up I know yeah, it is though it does feel cold when to us used, yeah when yeah used to like 75 as the cold yeah like 75 is cold how can i get a sweater um (laughs) but it is supposed to be 75 later this week um pure sunshine just like straight up like the sun is injecting itself into you Mm -hmm. um so that will be very nice Mm -hmm. um i'd like a little bit more beach time this week yeah so you were at the beach this morning how was that oh my god so needed i literally felt myself repairing i don't know i don't know what it is about the ocean i don't have any water signs in me um except for like the one scorpio sign in which everyone in our generation shares um but something about being by the ocean i don't have to get in but watching the water being by the water smelling it it's so therapeutic i just like i feel my i really feel like myself restoring so i got breakfast this morning drove out to the beach stayed there for like maybe what was that your stomach sorry (laughs) we're like talking about food and you're like "Mm." Mm, (laughs) i'm sorry i couldn't control that that's okay (laughs) that's really cute so rude of me no (laughs) 
Um, yeah, so I got myself a bagel. Cute Ashley's stomach growling. Um, and I sat by the beach for like 30 minutes, sat by the waterside. Um, watching listened, the surfers? Watching the surfers. I love, I cannot surf. I think maybe one day I would like to learn. But just watching people surf is enough for me sometimes. I'm like, whoa. That is so fucking cool. Isn't it cool? Honestly, though, like, the way you describe, like, the waves and the surfers, I'm wondering if there's just, like, something about, like, your eyes or, like, your brain that just likes, like, that rrhythmic motion of, like, you know, like, how repetitive it is. You're so right. I never thought about that. You're so right. It must because I literally cannot take my eyes off the water sometimes. And just watching, especially, like, the way that the sun hits the wave, like, the white part of the wave, you know, like, the wave comes down, it crashes, it's, like... You create all that friction in the in the mm-hmm. water. When that happens, there's like a cool sparkle mm-hmm. that like mesmerizes me. Yeah. So I could totally see it's probably just like visually stimulating in the best way. Um, yeah, I love it. So I, I definitely want to spend more time by the beach as I'm mentally restoring. Um, I'll hit you up if we should do some beach cycle or something I later. Maybe later. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I will never say no. I know, right? I'm obsessed. I know. And I've only been to Beach Cycle once, so it's just I'm like... severely deprived. <laughs> yeah, you need more of that in your life. That's why my mental health is shit. <laughs> yeah. I haven't beach cycled. Come on, you know there's one answer or to green everyone's juiced. mental health. I haven't green juiced or beach cycled in months. <laughs> this is the only reason why I'm depressed. Are you feeling down? Okay, we need to get you some kale. We need, to get, we need to get you on a beach cycle. I need to get like those IV vitamin injections. Oh my god! And some Botox. Those are the only ways to cure depression in LA. I know. We could fake tan you until you're brown. True, true. I almost fake tanned this morning, and I was like, "Nah, I'll save it for later." It's like I haven't fake tanned in so long. My depression is like, "Hey, you earned this." Yeah, where is your LA self care? Is dark. <laughs> Um, for people listening, I hope you know that we're like fully joking. Like none oh, of this is actually serious for us. <laughs> These are not good therapeutic measures. Yeah. Maybe the beach cycle, but only if you have access. And money and uh, all and those other things. And, and you like to cycle. And you actually like cycling and it is therapeutic for you. But um, yeah, so that's mm-hmm. been this week. You're listening to a podcast? Oh, a podcast you recommended. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, I I mean, we were talking to um, the the pod swap girls earlier today, uh, Lauren and Ryan, um, and uh, we were they were like, oh, we should do a um, podcast meetup where we can meet a bunch of other podcasters. And they're like, we don't like we don't want you guys to like be afraid of like competition or anything. And we were like, no, we're podcast listeners. We just want to meet more people who who podcast because podcasting yeah. is fun to listen to. It's informative. It's it's enjoyable. It's one of my favorite medias. Um, so you sending me podcast recommendations is truly a love language and I appreciate it. <laughs> well, that's good. I was like, hopefully she has time because it's three hours of audio, two part series of one and a half hours each. And I've only gotten through an hour and 15 yeah, minutes of it. Like, like, I'm just barely getting through, but it's great. It's yeah, great. So, um, Ashley sent me an episode on, um, ADHD, um, specifically how it manifests in adulthood, mm-hmm. uh, versus childhood and how it's pretty typically under um, diagnosed, especially among women. Um, So Ashley and I have been talking a lot about um, specific um, like developmental, I hesitate using the word disorder. Conditions? Um, Yes. Yeah. So there are more more conditions and that's kind of the terminology that the people who are in these diagnoses are fighting for. Um, But Ashley and I have been talking a lot about um, autism, ADHD, OCD, um, anything that's pretty much in the uh, neurodivergent uh, realm 
um, because we're both learning about ourselves and about the people around us. And um, these are things that people face in our lives. So. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah, I really appreciated it. So it's it's been really fascinating. Uh, we'll link this episode down down in the show notes for you guys as well. Yeah. Because um, yeah, love language sharing podcast episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um. It's. I think the podcast is Ologies with Allie Ward, and I I found her by searching comedy. So <gasps> no way. Weird. <laughs> she does have a very funny editing style. I will say I got caught off guard at first and I was like, yeah. this feels very YouTube editing style, I but I kind of appreciated it I know. for what it was. And I also think that some of it for that episode was cut in that way for people with ADHD. Like, <gasps> yeah. no wonder. That's why I was enjoying it. I was I like, know. okay, here. we're like, all right oh, with it. Okay, sure. Cause her other one, I, the one I listened to before was about ants <laughs> and oh. ant colonies and like how wild ants are. Ants, did you know, there's one colony of ants that lives in all of L.A. There's only one colony. They are all from the same colony. Whoa, wait. All of L.A. At first, I was thinking, like, species. Like, my brain was processing that information as species. And I was like, that makes sense. Like, we're in one area. And then you just kept reiterating, no, colony, one family. They're all a family. Whoa, that's wild. So go listen to the ant episode if you want to know about ants. But we have so many ants that live in our kitchen, we can't get rid of them. I'm sure they're all screaming right now. <laughs> here, here ants go marching one by one. Hurrah. Into hurrah. my little, like, wipe of death. I'm sorry, but you're not supposed to be here. It makes Mike cry. He hates He doesn't like killing ants. I'm like, ants don't belong. But now that I know that these ants are all related to the ants across LA, they're probably all struggling to find room and board. Aw, baby. It's so expensive here. <laughs> So I have a little more. Yeah, there's some income disparity the with these ants. Mm. They're all from the same family, but only some of them are privileged. You're right. Like in the West Side, it's very hard to find a good place for a good price. Oh, <laughs> that's really funny. I mm. did not know that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Podcast definitely a love language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a vibe. Yeah, yeah. That episode is really fascinating. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that they covered so far, I knew. There were some things that I thought were really interesting, like um, some things I didn't know, like um, that uh, ADHD is more than likely genetic, um, which makes sense because autism spectrum disorder is the same. Um, but the, I guess, like the statistic that they they told us like right in the very beginning was probably the most alarming to me. Um, people with ADHD have 13 years le- uh, less on their life expectancy than the average person, which is really sad, but kind of hilarious, but also kind of sad. Like the reasoning is usually due to that person making some sort of mistake. So it's, it's, um, what did the term that they use? What was it? They said it was like, um, more impulsive or, um, yeah, it's along those lines, but they were like, it's not like, it's not like cancer where you're like, you have something. It's like you, you caused it. Like something didn't happen to you. Oh, I don't, I don't know what self and like, yes, yeah, something like that. It's like self-inflicted death, self-inflicted death. but oh, that's God. not exactly how they said it, but that's, a, that's the essential like a collection of accidents because of like, it's typically, yeah. So their death is it, it being less is typically because of some actions that they took versus something happening to them, Um, which is really sad. So sad. And Um, I think it's really important to like acknowledge that like a lot of people are like, Oh, ADHD is just like an annoying thing that annoying people have. And it's like, 
guys, it's like a real condition and it's causing people to die 13 years younger. Yeah. It's not annoying. It, it's a health condition. We all have something and there, the, the amount of adults that are living with it undiagnosed, like. Especially women. Especially women. Because it manifests differently in men and women. And it also, uh, something that they pointed out in the episode was like, um, uh, women can uh, experience their first onset symptoms either at birth or at puberty. Mm -hmm. So it happens at different points versus boys is typically just right at birth. Um, Really interesting. So interesting. And I think like, because you've been reading a lot more about autism as well, um, you have that book, what, Neurotribes? Yeah, it's called Neurotribes. The Legacy of Autism and the Future of Neurodiversity. Yeah. So I think we've both just been really getting into like, I don't know, a little bit of the science behind some of these. The way that, that that our brains differ and a way that is like, I don't, I hesitate to use the word justifiable, but at the same time, like when you, when you have a, speci- when your brain literally works a specific way and it cannot work the other way, like you're, you're valid in the ways that you feel. It explains things. Yeah. At least it puts like rationale to it. Like it just. You know, you're not fucked up. You just know that you're different. <laughs> different. And, and. Yeah. Yeah, something that I was, uh, so I've been following a lot of Instagram and TikTok accounts that their specific content is uh, for neurodivergent people. Um, and, uh, oh, I don't know where I was going with this. Well, our next guest. Anyway. Oh, we do. Yeah, so we are going to have um, this lovely, lovely woman. Uh, her name is Alex. I found her from TikTok. Um, so I'm going through, this is a little personal, and I don't think I've actually disclosed this elsewhere. Um but I am exploring my own diagnosis of autism. Um, and so Alex is a, a female adult with autism. And her mission basically is to like help other adults with autism like get their diagnosis and get accommodations in the workplace. So I was literally addicted to her TikToks. I watched a lot of them. Alex, if you're listening, hi. I'm obsessed with you and I can't <laughs> wait to interview you. Um, yeah, so I related to a lot of what I was hearing and a lot of what I was reading. And so it just like really piqued my curiosity. I also have a brother with autism. His is more textbook. So, um, my curiosity, if nothing else has just been for like understanding how people work. Oh, I know what I was going to say with the Instagram post. It was something like, oh, um, people who are neurodivergent typically, um, feel bad for the ways that they communicate with people. Typically the the issues they struggle with most is communication. Um, and uh, essentially they were like, hey, communication's a two-way street. Like if somebody's misunderstanding you, you're not in the wrong. Like they're equally as in the wrong for not reaching where you're at. So it's been really interesting, really, really fascinating. Yeah. I, and I think I've always had an interest in just like, like I said, the science behind it, but I think I'm also understanding like how it affects the everyday person and like why it's so important to talk about these things. You know, they always say like mental health needs more attention and it's like, well, it gets a lot of attention, but I don't know if we're always. Yeah. It gets very generalized. We're only talking about anxiety and depression. Those are the, those seem to be the only okay topics to speak about. It's like breaking and trickling like a little bipolar disorders slowly catching up um cpt c wait is it cptsd yeah uh complex post-traumatic stress disorder uh uh, which i think is the new way that they are diagnosing um so these things are becoming more mainstream in conversations 
Um, ADHD also really is is becoming a, a bigger topic um, of conversation, but outside of that, there's really not much um, mainstream information out there. It's so true. And I don't think that we talk enough about the experience of it either. I think, you know, a lot of it's like, oh, we accept you, but you don't really But we're not going to accommodate. Yeah. yeah you don't we still want you to sit still. Do. We still don't want to be flexible with our schedules. We still don't, you know, we don't want you to move around. We don't want you to talk too much. We don't want all of this stuff that's not socially acceptable for neurotypical, yeah, for neurotypical people. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of work to be done there. And we're really excited because um, I think our first step is to explore it in ourselves. And then we're going to talk to Alex, hopefully in the next week. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that episode will be coming out at the end of the month. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really good one. I know it's going to be juicy. Oh, yeah. Um, just because I have a million questions. I don't think I've uh, consciously like spoken to some another woman about autism that has autism. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really really uh informative it'll be good and fun she's so sweet she's really sweet yeah yeah anyways well let's should we get into it yeah let's talk about the female gaze let's dive on in welcome back from the quick little music break did you guys get a chance to get some water go pee take your dog out Make if not, snacks. pause it now before we get into this topic. Yeah, because you're not going to want to leave. And yeah. there's no way you could take this podcast with you. Uh, no, you, you can't. Sit down <laughs> and pay attention. Take notes. Get out your This notebook. is a class. We're going to quiz you at the end. I hope you don't enjoy it. Okay. I hope our sarcasm is coming across, like, appropriately today. I mean, I always wonder. I'm really not sure. Yeah. They always say that people from the Pacific Northwest have this horribly dry sense of humor and people are, like, lost. They're like, is she being serious or is she really mad at me? Never yeah. sure. So the female gaze, I went to I went to Wikipedia Wikipedia. The female gaze is a feminist theory term representing the gaze of the female spectator, character, or director of an artistic work, but more than the gender, is an issue of representing women as a subjects having a as subjects having agency. Hmm. Yeah, so a lot of where this conversation started is, um, well, honestly, was TikTok. I I kept seeing a lot of TikToks um, that were joking about the female gaze and like what the female gaze is is versus the male gaze. And what I came to find out is like there is very little text, very little study on the female gaze actually at all. Like, um, so a lot of references and examples uh, come into media. So movies that you're watching, um, magazines you're reading, Instagram profiles, things like that. A lot of media is framed from the male gaze perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like like the bombshell woman with the blonde hair. Um, the, but in the same vein, you also have like the really muscular guy who's like, yeah, babe, I just worked out. Like, I'm so cool. Like, those things are made because the, I guess... They're man-made. Yeah, they're they're literally man-made. <laughs> um, but that kind of media is typically created by men with an assumption that this is what women want to see. Totally. But in contrast, the female gaze is actually what women want to see. I also want to note that this is, we're, we're thinking in binary terms here. Um, obviously, this is not 
like uh, an easy cut and paste to everybody. Um, you might be a woman who does not relate to the female gaze. Um, you might be non-binary and you can't relate to either, um, or you can relate to both. Um, so well, this is just fall on a spectrum. Yeah. So this is just kind of like a very binary view of it um, because there's very little study and little information. Exactly. So if you have another opinion, get on the Instagram and talk to us because we want to make, you know, we want to make the conversation go. Yeah. So so what are you. what are some examples, Ashley, of the male gaze in, in media recognizably? Yeah. So a lot of articles that I was reading about were talking about Megan Fox uh, in Transformers. Very classic, like. This is what a woman looks like. This is... She fixed cars. Mm, hot. Exactly. And her tits are out. And exactly. she's sweaty. Like... <laughs> exactly. Like the typical like female like sex symbol. Yeah. And then in the same vein, men kind of seem to think that that's what we want as well. Like any male character is like the same thing. Like muscular, like no shirt, sweaty, like, like comes to save the day yeah. is, is the powerful, all knowing, mm-hmm. yeah, all knowing being. So it's very interesting the way, um, that media portrays what they think women want to see and what they think, um, straight men want to see. Cause I, uh, from what we've looked into, there's not just, um, I guess, I, although I did say it was binary, there there isn't just female to male gaze. It, it can be female to female gaze. It can be male to male gaze, just depending on your sexuality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, like, at least when it comes to, like, media, like, if we're talking about, like, I don't know, movies, TV, like, things, just anything that we're seeing on the screen, like, it kind of makes sense because a lot of the people behind these things that are being made are men. Yeah. Straight, cis men. Like, that kind of makes sense, right? If you think about, like, the dominant prevailing force creating this content is a person with a male gaze. Yeah, exactly. Because they they know what's expected of men. They, or at least they think they know what's expected of men um, for the for the woman's view. Uh, but that's why the female gaze is so interesting. Um, it's so elusive. Yeah, like, because what is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so some examples on TikTok we were seeing earlier was like the female gaze or the male gaze is somebody like Chris Hemsworth, and mm-hmm. the female gaze is someone like Harrison Ford. And like when Ashley and I were watching that, we were like reacting violently to all of the female <laughs> yeah. gaze. Like, oh my god, he's hot, he's sexy. Like, yes. And like the other guys are like, yeah, he's attractive. Like, it's not to say that these men aren't attractive. But I think there's, like, a specific quality that women want to see in a man that men don't, like, realize. Can't put their finger on it. Yeah. Like, do you think... It's beyond just physical for women. And for men, it's only physical. Perhaps. Or the split is just uh, skewed in that direction. Mm -hmm. Like, if you think about, like, Nestor and Mike, like... I don't think for him, like, it's just physical. Like, if you think generally about the men that you know, perhaps it's more physical. But I think The that physicality they... helps. Yes, I mean, obviously, true. I want to be attracted to my partner. Um, but I think the depth of the person is what is attractive. I think so, More too. than anything. Yeah. Like, how many women, how many girls have you met that are like... Um, 
Like the person that you fall in love with is the person that is like a whole person, right? You're not like going after your like initial attributes. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like the person you dated in high school or like that really good fling you had one time like when you're 21. Like that's not the person you're settling down with. That's not the person like you give your heart to. That's not like, that's not like a whole person. Like that's just, that's just the male gaze. Like that's just us getting trapped in like the physicality of things. Yeah. Or how things are meant to look and meant Mm -hmm. to be. I think. um, Chasing an idea. Men struggle with um, sharing their emotions with other men. Mm-hmm. I don't think, um, it's easy for them. I think men are capable of emotion, <laughs> obviously. Um, they're capable of a very large range of emotion, but because I think it's not socially acceptable for them to share that first, um, it, it all becomes physical. So a lot of examples that I see of men, uh, who are in the dating scene, who are trying to date women, um, they're hyper-focused on the male gaze. They're like, I have to work out. I have to be buff. I have to, you know, get a haircut, you know, every three weeks. I have to, whatever, listen to a specific rap artist. Like, they have a, they have an idea of what they think women want. And then they're always like, man, I can never seem to get a girl. Or like, all these girls are bitches. And like, shit like that. But Absolutely. it's because they're connecting on the surface level and they're connecting on something that men are interested in and not what women are interested in. Yeah, if you like, want to pick up another straight man, like, maybe that's a good way to make a friend. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, 100%. Oh, you both like to work out. Great. Yeah, like, and, and that's not to say that men and women don't like working out together. Like, obviously, that can be a shared hobby and a shared trait. But I think it's more rare for that to be a priority for straight women. Um, yeah, I think so, too. And I feel like... Like, again, I think what's the most interesting is, like, you can watch those videos and you can be like, okay, the male gaze. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, most of the people in that video, that part of the video, are pretty good looking. Um, Like, look at Mike. Like, he's a classic, like, square-jawed, like, tall, dark, and handsome. Like, there's clearly a type there. But I also agree that when you see the people in the female gaze, they're more attractive. But I don't know why. But you can't pinpoint it. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. He's sexy. There's more going on there. You can just Mm -hmm. kind of tell there's like something behind the eyes. You know what I mean? And I think that's what happens when you meet someone too. Like when you meet someone who's really worth getting to know, like they've actually taken the time to understand what women want, or maybe they just have a unique gift and they've like, maybe they've grown up with a sister or something like they just, they either had a sister or had a good relationship with their mom. That's usually, or a luckily a really good girlfriend along the way. Oh yeah. Who helped them out? God bless her. God bless that woman. (laughs) (laughs) yeah for real that had to go through all the shit that i didn't have to go through thank Mm -hmm. god (laughs) yeah so it's just like it's interesting and i like i don't know i think it's it's interesting that we think of this like physical this physicality but then we don't ever like idolize like look at this man who's like take the time to build his emotional vocabulary he has emotions he expresses emotions he can put a name to his emotions oh he has hobbies and interests and he like wants to get to know yours like yes these people exist we all know them we're probably like dating these people but that's not like what you see on like the dating profile like that's not what people are showing off right yeah exactly (laughs) I think the people who the men who are single the longest and single the most I think they're having the hardest time making a human connection I, I probably honestly think that that's their issue um I think it can go both ways for women too but um yeah I think 
when you're only connecting on hobbies, when you're only connecting on superficial, on just looks, like you really don't have anywhere else to go. And if they're not interested in the things that you're interested in, or at least excited for you to be interested in whatever you're interested in, um, then it's going to build, I think, a lot of resentment. You're like, you're hot, but you're a dick. Yeah. Uh, you know? We've all um, been there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ashley, in your opinion, what is like the most important attributes in a man for you as a straight cis woman? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, Or the things that are the highest value to you. Like if you, if you could keep one trait, what would you keep? What's the thing that you find the most sexy outside of appearance? Like honest and and loving, like a person who has like has love for you in more than one way. They love more than one thing about you, and they can put that into words or they can put that into some kind of action, and it comes through. Like there's nothing sexier and more comforting at the same time than knowing that you're important and you have a place in that person's life and they can convey that to you in some way. Hmm. Communication. Communication. Yeah, that's I guess that's just a way of saying communication. Yeah. Yeah, boil down. Yeah. Communication's hard though. I mean, I don't, to me, that's not a make it or break it. I think it's the willingness to keep trying. Oh, yeah. Because I think communication, like in my example, I am a native English speaker and my boyfriend's first language is not English. So something that we struggle with, um, is communicating exactly what we're meaning without the other person really having a full understanding of the language. Like Nestor always says, like, I I would be able to explain this to you better in Spanish, but I I don't know how to say it in English other than these words. Um, So it makes like the depth of the conversation and the depth of the communication more difficult. But I think the willingness to try is definitely attractive. Oh, yeah, hands down. Like, I can totally see that. It's a person who's being invested in you. They're invested in, you know, they're trying to communicate. They're trying to, you know, put in the most effort they possibly can. I think that's almost even better than just naturally having communication. Yeah. Yeah, for me, um, it, it would definitely have to be humor. Um, humor. Yeah, I think that's why Nestor and I clicked so quickly because we have a very similar sense of humor. Um, <laughs> and more, more often than not, like, one of us will say a joke or honestly just say something that's just kind of like out of left field. And the other person will be like, I literally was just thinking that word for word. It's like, I literally almost just said that word for word. Um, so we have a very similar sense of humor. Um, but I, I just think in general, I vibe with men who are, um, like, okay of making a fool of themselves and not to say that they're like a foolish person and not to say that they're like always kind of making a clown of themselves, but that they don't, take their actions that seriously when they're not that serious that to me that to me makes like a really attractive man yeah no i can see that have you ever been attracted to like the class clown like the guy who's obviously attention seeking like right in this the limelight like you you yourself are an actor like is that attractive or is that more of a turnoff um, I definitely think it's attractive, but I think that comes down to confidence more than anything. Mm, confidence, the elusive confidence. It's the elusive confidence. And I think that's just the most attractive thing for any person any of person. any gaze. 
I 100% agree. Confidence is the most attractive thing. And it's most difficult thing to get your hands on. Like whether you're trying to gain your own confidence or, or you're trying to find somebody with confidence, it's very difficult. But dating somebody who's insecure um, typically projects their insecurities onto you, which does not make for a healthy relationship. Um, so I, yeah, so I guess like long story short, um, I do find it attractive, but if it, if it becomes like, egotistical Hmm. then it's gross it's icky you know versus somebody who's like life is carefree i'm gonna make it really fun i don't care if i'm being kind of foolish i'm not hurting anyone i'm not saying anything hurtful i'm just making light of a situation and people seem to be enjoying that like i think that's great Mm -hmm. totally i i that just got me thinking like the male gaze you know um what's that thing called like that uh pixie stardust stereotype of that girl that manic met. pixie dream girl yes i don't know where stardust came in okay how do you think that like clashes with the typical Ooh. male gaze i definitely like, think that that falls in line with the male gaze right but why it's so different because i think it it's a it's this nurturing quality that i think that men want um because it's like um I can change you Hmm. or you changed me into a better person. Like those kinds of things, really dangerous language. But um, I think it's like, it's got to be some sort of like nurturing, like motherly aspect to it um, because she's kind of weird and out there and teaching you things in ways that you didn't know and showing you life in a different way. So I can see where that trope comes to play. But I do think that that's pretty typical of the male gaze. I don't think that, uh, women to other women or women to men kind of have that desire for somebody to come along and fix them. I think that honestly is scarier. Well, actually, like, do you think that, like, have you ever encountered a man you wanted to fix? Like, has that ever happened to you? Sure. Yeah, I think that's normal because you see potential in people. But I think where it becomes dangerous is when you're forcing something on somebody that they, they don't want or that's not them. Um, so I've definitely been in relationships on both sides of the coin where I've wanted them to be better and I could see potential in them. Um, but it doesn't do me good or them good to push them in an area that they're not ready for or or they don't want. Um, but yeah, I've been on the other side as well where people have like tried to push me into a specific box and I don't work that way. I'm like, push everybody out of my way. (laughs) Screw this box. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so interesting. I've always just been like, I've been really interested in that manic pixie what is that dream girl yeah dream girl because like i had a really good guy friend um as a kid and he was so obsessed with this and i could never figure it out i'm like every person you're dating is like all over the place like you're always having problems there's so much drama like why don't you just find like a nice person but i guess that he wasn't attracted to that at the time or like you know what i mean like it wasn't interesting and I couldn't, I just couldn't understand it. But then here I was doing the same thing, being like, oh, like I'm going after the bad boy. He's great. He has so much potential. Yeah, he's not doing anything I like. And we have nothing in common, but don't worry, it's fine. But he's hot. Or <laughs> yeah. whatever it is, right? Like, mm, I'm no better. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's just like human flaw in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that specific avenue up because I don't, think that people really talk about Manic Pixie Dream Girl as much as they used to. I know. And it's 
to it's me, still a, it's still it's still a common still, trope. It's still around. Like people are still cultivating that. Like I don't know why they're not talking about that when it comes to the male versus female gaze. I think it's huge. Yeah. Um, what are some examples of the female gaze um, as far as like women to women? Like, um, do you have any? Like, um, like I guess a woman's role written by women is typically from the female gaze, oh. right? So, well, don't you think it's just any time where like. A woman is standing in her power. Oh my god! <laughs> a little reference there. Um, yeah. Do you think it's like any time like a woman is like? Not necessarily, because I do think that that could still be from the from the male perspective. So like Megan Fox, totally standing in her power. She's totally standing in her sexuality, but her character was entirely made to be attractive to men. It's not a very deep character. No. Um, so uh, an example that I was seeing on the internet was uh, Harley Quinn. Um, the Margot Robbie's variation yeah, of her because classically Harley Quinn seems to be a very male gaze character, kind of a bimbo, you know, does whatever the man wants. But Harley, I'm sorry, Margot Robbie brought a, a different element into um, Harley Quinn, which was, it, it, yeah, I guess less sexualized, still being in her sexuality. Like it, it's not that her sexuality changed, but I think it was the perspective in which her sexuality was written um, created a different uh, version of Harley. Yeah, I haven't really seen much of Harley Quinn, unfortunately, to comment on that. But I can totally get behind that. Like, it's not it's not the sexuality. It's the context, I feel, that it's in, right? Yeah, because I think that women... Um, I mean, women who are really in touch with their sexuality feel empowered by their sexuality, totally. but not because of what they get from men. But yeah, I think they're what, whatever object. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not not typically not from the gratification of men, unless it, it stems from some sort of insecurity, um, which is normal. But um, yeah, I think it the difference is like when the woman owns her sexuality versus when the man needs the sexuality kind of thing Mm -hmm. i also think it's just like it's like everything we're talking about like it's a part of a person right like it's not the entire personality like when you see these people depicted like often the female character is like the sexuality in the particular storyline yeah like i mean for example we have like in jurassic park the remakes you got chris pratt and um the woman who always reminds me of Jessica Chastain. What is her name? I don't know. Um, it's like she's got three names. This one, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, so in the in the Jurassic Park remakes, you've got Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, and Chris Pratt is like smoldering, shirtless all the time, saving the day. And then poor little Miss um, Brian is. Uh, running around in heels and a white dress and like makeup and like kind of prancing around that to me would be a great example of the uh of the male gaze in play um versus the opposite to me i feel like maybe a character like sarah connor from the terminator like you know what i mean where she's like i'm i'm equal to men i think her character is pretty sexy like i think um, she might be crazy in, in the second Terminator by then, but um, I don't know. I think it's like the, yeah, I guess what you said earlier, like just like women in their power. Yeah. And it's just a part of them. It's not all of it. 
I think it'd be really interesting to like learn more about like the non-cis perspective as well because I'm sure all of this is just complete bonkers when it comes to like applying it that that way yeah I mean I suppose from um if I was thinking like um, a gay man's perspective like I I would imagine so something we were watching on a couple of these TikToks was Mm -hmm. like um what you would imagine or like the male gaze version of a gay man relationships, I guess, was like still very sexy, still very like smoldery, still very like masculine leading. Um, but what was implied in the video was like what they actually wanted to see was like really deep, loving relationships between two Absolutely. men. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a nurture, something with nurturing in it. That's what it looked like different to me. Like it wasn't just the physical it, it was still physical they were all very hot like yeah. don't don't get us wrong like all of these people are very attractive um but it's what makes them attractive i think is the difference between male gaze and female gaze. yeah there's more underneath um and then another video i actually watched i thought was really relevant was this one girl and she was like <laughs> she's like well that's not my gaze that is not my gaze that is not my gaze at all and i'm like interesting um and she's totally right i mean the 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 gaze the female gaze, the male gaze, all of which is like brought with intersectionality. Like what, where do you come from? What cultural background? What, Absolutely. Like, what are you looking for? What did you grow up with? Like what makes someone attractive to you at the heart of everything? Yeah. And I think that's physical. why the female gaze is so un- under discussed because like literally nobody knows. Nobody's having these conversations. Nobody's looking into it. Nobody's researching. Also, I think that like... <laughs> Women are also disagreeing on the topic, like... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I think it's definitely a range of, like, what you find attractive. I think what's interesting is the similarities in which the majority of a population view. Um, Yeah. Because obviously you're going to have women who look at men from the male gaze and they're like, this is exactly what I want. Totally. And that's valid and that's fine. Um, That doesn't take away from the male gaze or female gaze. Um, But I think that's why this topic was really interesting for us because it is so ambiguous it's so ambiguous and i think anything we see on tiktok we know is like a conversation starter right um and so i I, i'm just excited to see where this goes and to see if people actually end up doing research about this and actually end up like quantifying it or characterizing it because we know the male gaze we get it yeah but the female gaze is very elusive yeah i guess like to boil it down like women uh, cis women typically know what cis straight women typically know what cis straight men want. Cis straight men don't typically know what a cis straight woman wants. Why? Because we've only been talking about perspectives from from their from their point of view and not yeah. from our point of view. Um, and that's why I think it's been under discussed. Yeah, and that's why you're all having such a hard time dating online. We are going to do an episode on dating soon. Although yeah. both of us are in uh, lovely relationships. Um, we're ending them and we're going, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, we, we've decided we're calling everything quits. We're back on Tinder and uh, accepting applications. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, um, no, but we, we've heard some feedback from you guys and we know that uh, you're curious to hear about dating, what it's like to date in LA, if it's possible. Um, mm-hmm. I had a brief um, experience of dating in LA before I met Nestor. Um so I can speak to that, but you're coming in with a whole new relationship. So 
Ashley and I are going to experiment with this one. We're probably going to download some dating apps and give you guys the tea. Yeah. I don't think we have enough like fun throwaway episodes um, that are like less and less scientific. Um, yeah, just so. episodes you can listen to while you're in the car, in the car, doing your math homework. Yeah, Whatever. doing your makeup. Like, yeah, just something you're like, I don't want to turn my brain on today. I just kind of want to laugh and like enjoy it. Or your brain it. is on too hard and you need something to distract you. Exactly. So, so we're going to do a few more episodes like that that are a little more light and fun. And we are super excited to download those apps because, hey, who knows what we're going to find. I know, that's going to be really funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're, if you're curious about the continuation of our thought process on the male gaze versus female gaze, um, stay tuned for that episode. Um, coming in down the line in a few weeks. Um, it's going to be really funny. I think. Yeah. Consider this your teaser. Yeah. 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 I think we've teased a lot of episodes. We've teased a lot of episodes because I think there's a lot to tease. Um, but again, I cannot like agree with Katie enough on this. If you are interested in a particular topic, as you can see, we like to chat. We like to research. We like to basically cover all the perspectives that we can of so many diverse conversation so please just drop us a line let us know what you are interested in because we can take that any number of ways um get in on the conversation we know you're following we know you're listening it's okay to reach out we want to hear from you and we wouldn't say we want you we want to hear from you if it weren't true um ashley and i are pretty open as far as like what we ask for so if we're asking for something it's because we actually want it um, so definitely, uh, do not hesitate to hit us, um, in our DMs either way, if it's the podcast or it's individually, um, uh, comment on our Instagram posts and, um, yeah, happy to have you guys here and um, we can't wait to share more. Yeah. So we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.